Hello everyone, Martin and Craig, week two of the Wonka pod, still working title, still a working title, Um, all suggestions welcome, intro music this week, I'm learning how to use the mixer, (laughs) it's almost like I know what I'm doing, I clearly don't, but as this is, as the lads of the test, this is the third attempt at uh, starting this podcast, so... Um, well, hopefully you're recording this one, which was obviously the, the first hurdle we fell out last Oh, time. shit. Let me just check. Yeah. yeah. No, I am recording it. <laughs> okay. Good. All right. Cool. Um, where else do we start other than Drexit? <laughs> Vote rigging. I mean... Corruption at its highest level. Ultimate corruption. Oh, what is that noise? You know, it did sound like a, a bunch of whingy moaners, I'm not going to lie. Having uh, caught the WhatsApp messages fairly late into it, scandal was was called early doors. Well, well I, don't know if, I don't know if so much a scandal, but it, just, it was a surprise that given what people, anyone that had had any opinion seemed to be for the waiver budget, there didn't seem to be much argument against it, for it not to be passed and then some of the other ones that, we were perhaps a little bit less, you know, set on, seemed to get through. And it, it, just, it was just odd, that was all. I, I just wondered that, you know... You sound like our, a... Our, 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 our administration, you know, is, is hardly flawless. So uh, let's, uh, let's just make sure we've got it right. All I'm going to say is Heap has made it patently clear in previous, previous uh, league meetings that it's not a democracy. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I'll leave it on that bombshell because clearly it's it's the best way forward, and we've tried it and it works. And wow. now all we're going to get is people stockpiling eighth string running backs, and by week four, people are just going to be moaning about it. It's the same stuff that happens every year, and you've only got yourself to blame. Ba- basically, <laughs> ba- basically. Um, you didn't do enough. I find it odd that we can get an auction draft, but not an auction effectively waiver pickup. The, the two things kind of, for me, go hand in hand. You either have a, a regular draft, which is all about the priority and, you know, the worst gets first. And then you follow that kind of ideology with the way you do your waiver pickups or, you know, the, the, the auction. So everyone's got an opportunity. It seems a, I'm not sure we've got it quite right if we're going to kind of go half houses with, with both of those. So, so either have it a regular draft with the regular pickup during the season because they, they, they follow the same kind of ideas and principles or go auction draft, auction effectively, you know, the budget for the waivers. All right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. That's enough of all this, boys. As someone who voted to remain in the EU, I am starting to see how those poor... Lee voters feel given all the whining and whinging of the Remain campaign <laughs> we lost. Now listen, it's just because it, uh, it is exactly the same, isn't it? it, it I mean, exactly. There's the same. no difference. Same ramifications, same implications. This was big. Now, I expressed last week I was not convinced. <laughs> I was not convinced of the waiver budget. Now, even the auction draft have some questions over. I don't believe they have to be. Uh, I don't believe they're mutually exclusive. I think we can have both. I think you can have an auction draft. I think we're ready for that. I think it's it's less it has less damage if the auction draft goes wrong because we've got the rest of the season of people sort of like I say my my big concern was the equity amongst the league. If somebody you know isn't 
playing the game, and I understand that that almost is part of the game, but if someone is not playing the game, it can have a massive impact. And I just want to, I think we need to test the water. We need to see how this goes. We need to get it working. Because the amount of commitment you need on a week-by-week -week basis as well, if you're going to include the waiver budget, really relies on the rest of the league. Do you know what I mean? I just, I think, listen, if it works, we try in the D league again. And if, it, if, it, if it's all good, we do it next year. There's no, no harm, no foul. Just stop whinging about it. It was democratic. The vote happened, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 everyone's vote is equal. And I'm, and I'm for the commission. Don't listen to these bashers, commission. You're doing a good job, mate. Uh, well, Long it, time. It's, it's like the third year in a row now that, <laughs> that, that, that there's been something that, you know, has called for a vote of no confidence. <laughs> it, I mean, it just has goes it, on and on. Has called a vote of confidence? That's what I would say. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's... Check that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what it, what it does do is, um, you know, it shows that there are ways of spicing up your league. I mean... You know, there, there's some really interesting, interesting ways that you can make. You know, your your regular run of the mill fantasy league, something a little bit different from the ordinary. Um, you boys heard of anything? You can change it up year to year, so you don't get someone who may have a particular strategy that they are more effective with each time, because the the league evolves. It it keeps it competitive. It keeps its edge, and it, it's good to I think to have any league to to. You know, introduce these new ideas, and you know, I'll probably agree that you don't want to have wholesale changes year on year. You do take one little step, see if that improved it. If it didn't, you drop it and you try the next step. I think going whole hog into a completely different system isn't necessarily the the way to go, but just little tweaks as you go along, I think, is the way forward. It's interesting How because um, the way I I was going to sort of. One of the things I heard of was like I don't know if you boys are familiar with the America's Cup sailing. I know of it. Yeah, I know rich people do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kiwis, but um, yeah. basically the the premise of that is that the the, peop the person that owns the trophy decides the rules, <laughs> which I think is a would be a really interesting thing to do. Really interesting. But so yeah, if, if, if you if won, you win the you league, get, like basically. A veto vote you know you, you get an ultimate vote for for one of the the old the, the changes that's that's an interesting no, concept no. But yeah, if, if you win the league uh, you set the rules for the following season completely see, here's my take on it after all of this talk around the various options we had and i don't have a problem with having the options i'm just very concerned with the integrity of the league now this is my point <laughs> i don't have says councillor councillor edmonds <laughs> Listen, listen, it is all about maintaining its integrity in, in its current format, given the level of play that we have already, we, we've been able to display over the period of time we had. I'm still excited by the game. The game has a classic uh, uh, respect about it. And I, I'm very keen to maintain that. Now, again, listen, I'm all for change, man. I'm a progressive thinker. I just don't need change for change's sake. I like kickers. And I'm happy to give the auction draft a go. But let's just hold fire on the waiver budget, man. You know what I'm saying? This is a good league. We put out a solid product every year. We don't need the fads. We don't need the bells and whistles when you've got the, the quality content. I mean, one of the things you need in order for all of that to work uh, are the quality players playing the game. You need everyone to be invested. It, yeah. it only takes one person in a league to, to not pull their weight 
and the whole thing falls down. Because I think was it our first season where Neil had a um, a fire sale. You know, he couldn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Players yeah, got unloaded got... left, right, and centre. There was massive allegations of collusion and all the rest of it. And all it was, he just went, "Well, I can't win, so I'll just trade whoever to whomever," not realising the impact that had on the the rest of the integrity of the league. And just not pulling your weight and putting a competitive side out just means that some teams are getting gimme wins. And if you get that team twice, which at the moment with the way our format works, you do get that potential two games versus the same player. If you get the one who in doing his homework and then playing the game. You, you get two wins and you could be in the playoffs on the back of that alone. I think Dougie was the main beneficiary of that, wasn't he? No, <laughs> Ma- Martin was with the Michael Turner side of that trade. You got Mike, oh, basically got Mike, Michael, Michael Turner, Turner for one, Michael Turner for some tracksuit <laughs> tops. That very brief period in history. That, yeah. <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> but we rectified it straight away. It, did, it yeah. didn't happen again. And that's what I'm saying. You've got to maintain the credibility of the league. I mean... Uh, yeah, we've got a history, man. Stuff happens, we deal with it, and that's a shout. See, I'm not, I'm not all for this bashing commission. I shout out the commissioner. This has been a successful league for a long time, heavily due to you, my friends. Man crush, <laughs> absolute man crush. <laughs> Talking of man crushes, these segues. It's almost like I rehearse them, isn't it? Um, Martin's man crush, Andrew Luck. He's popping over to London next year. Um, again. Again. And very, very, very rich. Rich. We saw him a couple, yeah. of, couple of years ago, didn't we? We um, yeah. Yeah, saw him uh, in town. He came over just to see us, obviously, hang out. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a few more quid now, hasn't he? You know, just it's not going to fix his boat, though, is it? Still looks yeah. like a Neanderthal. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it matters when you've got that type of dog, I'll be no. honest. Well, yeah, yeah. And like Peter Crouch says, yeah. if he wasn't a footballer, he'd be a virgin. Um <laughs> So, yeah, the Colts coming over, they're coming over and they're playing one of the London games. So we thought the next few weeks we're just going to look ahead to each individual London game. And um, Martin said he'd, he'd bagged you this one. I think I'm going to do the Twickenham one as I've got a bit of experience of that area. And uh, Craig can do whatever he wants. And then we might have a, a fourth presenter next next time out. Um, Mark Salen, obviously uh, the Roman Sexual Tendencies owner. He's was due to join us today, but... Uh, He's he could, sand in his vagina or something. Yeah, sand, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what happened. I, I think someone needs to tell him to pull his skirt down. Yeah, but, his bra was but, too yeah. tight. Um, over to you, Martin. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things I think's been overlooked a little bit with um, the Colts and Jags coming over. Obviously, it's the the first time the Colts are, are, have come over to the UK. Is that this is actually a divisional matchup, and it's coming at a point in the season where you look at the the schedule for both teams, and I. It looks like, on paper at least, that both of these teams are going to come here four and four, or certainly thereabouts. So you're going to be having a, a top of the table clash for, you know, I think Houston may well be in the, in the fight there as well. But we're going to get a divisional game between two teams that are potentially going to be vying for a playoff spot, looking for the top spot there. You've got two very good young quarterbacks, obviously one substantially richer than the other at the moment. Both teams have got good wide receiver calls. I don't think there's an awful lot not to be very excited about with, with this matchup. I mean, the only kind of downside, it seems, is I think the Jaguars at the moment have only got three fully functioning knees on the whole squad. And, that, you know, you get Ramsey, Fowler and Miles Jack that, you know, like I say, I think they've got one meniscus between all of them. And meniscus. Meniscus, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it, yeah, and and this is also a, a setup because there's a, quite a few teams that both of these sides play in the lead up to, to this game. So they both play the Pack, they both play the Bengals, they both play the Ravens, and they both play the Chargers in the eight games leading up to this. So you, there should be coming into this a very good idea of where they both kind of sit together in in sort of how the, the it go and you know they also play each other in the last game of the season. So this this could be the sort of dress rehearsal for what could come down to be the you know the game that's going to settle the AFC South. For me, I think this is probably the pick of the three games when it, when you look at the teams and, and what they're bringing to to the game this year. I'm not massively excited by this game, and it might just be because of the Jags, and that's a problem. Uh, you know, they've committed to the Jags, obviously being a part of it here. Um, I just, I just, can't, I just struggle to get excited by them. I do. I'm happy to see Andrew Luck again, though. Um, it was good going to the question and answer that we did do. Uh, I do think he's a very good player. I think it's big money for him, though. I really do. I think that's. I mean, the, the, all you can assume is it just means that's the way contracts are going for decent quarterbacks now which is, I suppose, been the trend for a long, long time. Um, I do hope the game's got relevance in, in the real world. I mean, it's always, as, a, as an NFL fan, I'm happy to go to Wembley no matter what. Um, but I, I don't think I'm as optimistic as you are around I, around the game, and maybe that's just, you know... I don't think I could disagree more, really. How can you not be excited about that group of receivers in the Jags and, and the quarterback playing against that absolute dog shit defense? Oh, it's just going to be bombs away the whole game. 49. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, the, it's... The, neither side's got a defense, evidently, and both of them have got three or four solid receiving options. A young quarterback with a good arm. You've got to remember the, Jag, the Jags. The Jags doesn't ruin it. it. It could be a massive shootout. The, Jag, the Jags have got basically two first round picks playing for them this year because they've got. Uh, the D lineman they drafted last year, they got injured in in Dr. camp. Fowler. Yeah, so that I mean that could have a massive effect. I wouldn't I wouldn't write the Jags off this year. I think they've they've got potential to be in and around the, the business end of the season. To be honest, that I mean they showed flashes last year. The, the defense is strengthening up. I, I think it's all, it's also difficult for for kind of the British public to understand how much change a franchise can have absolutely in a, in a single season because you get your head round, you know. In football over here, it's dynasties, isn't it? Teams, you know, very seldomly come from nowhere and all of a sudden are good. In the NFL, it can literally change in a single season. You look at, um, I'm trying to think who the Bills played um, when they came over. But this, when it was announced, you're like, oh, the Bills, really? Oh, you know, they're playing. No, I forget who it was. But anyway, it was two teams that ended up being. Yeah, you're like, hang on a minute, they've got Shady McCoy now. They've got, you know, Tyrod Taylor's playing all right. I mean, okay, he ended up it being EJ Manuel. But you looked at it on paper. By the time you got to October, November, came over, you're like, hang on a minute, the, these teams are really relevant. And they're now playoff contenders. Whereas when the games were announced the season before, they were all, you know, bottom draw fodder that you weren't going to be getting excited about. And I can see by the time this comes around in week number nine, that both of these teams, they might be four and four. They both could be six and two, you know, and and really, really, you know, flying high by the time they get here. And I think that's one of the things we we just don't get to see in British sport that much, with the draft and the way that free agency and things works in American sports. The change being quite so dramatic. I don't, and I don't disagree. And I think there probably will be relevant teams at that time. And it's less around the competitiveness, obviously. You know, if you if you follow the NFL, you see that teams can sort of rise and fall, particularly between the sort of the bottom of the 
better teams and the the top of the worst teams. I mean, that sort of mini division itself moves up and down every, every year. I just think there are some franchises in American football who just are a bit unglamorous. You know, the, we're talking about the Browns, sorry. We're talking about the Bills, sorry. Um, and we're talking about the Jags. And that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about it. It's not to say, you know, yes, on paper, they've got some, you know, in, uh, really exciting wide receivers. Um, and they have gone through a bit of a change over the last two years, not just in terms of their on-field play, but certainly their commitment to marketing. And, and they're certainly trying to shift that um, historic picture of the Jags and fair play. It's just that someone who's sort of followed the NFL for, for a fair number of years now, uh, it's difficult to shake that feel. Just like, it's di- you know, p- despite the Cowboys not being relevant for so long, I still considered one of, you know, the top teams and always there. When actually, they're probably probably not that close. So it, it's one of them difficult things. And I, I just, I just like I say, it will probably be a competitive match. It might be a great game, you know, and they might, they might go deep. But in terms of my excitement to want to go and see them, just not that excited. Just um, moving away from the actual game for a minute, Wembley itself, we've been there now for what, is it eight years in a row we've been there? There's something missing about the game day experience at Wembley. It, it, it's just a little bit sterile for me. I'm hoping Twickenham will improve it. I mean, there, there's a lot more pubs near Twickenham that will lay on a decent do. I mean, the only pub within striking distance of Wembley is a green man, which is a massive schlep up the hill and is full of, you know, for want of a better word, all the nerds that play American football in Britain. I'm not sure the venue is the problem. Having no, been to the no, NFL, I'm... having been to the NFL last year in America, um, got to see the Jets. Awesome game. So excited, even though we did actually, it was the Browns opening game of the season. And it's just the people. It is like, the, you know, I, I think Wembley is a fantastic venue for NFL. I've got to say, um, I've well, not had a bad experience going to Wembley to watch the NFL. Um, it, it Sometimes the atmosphere is a bit more lively, a bit more uh, contentious than others. And I think that's purely down to the level of fan because it's become so available um, because it's so popularised. I think you get more casual fans. It, yeah, it's, just, it's not partisan, is it? You yeah, know, the exactly. only, the, probably the game that's been the most interesting to watch would have been the Jags-Dolphins one because I'm a Dolphins fan. You're, a, you're Sorry, Jets. Um, Jets, Dolphins, Dolphins yeah. that, that we had, you know, we were there as fans of those teams, mm. whereas I, I've been to all of them so far, and obviously I've seen the Dolphins there twice. So of mm. the, I don't know, what is it, 15 games they've had at Wembley now, I've only been, I've enjoyed every game, but I've only been invested in two. And because the UK will probably have, an, you know, numerous Packers fans and, you know, the, the franchises that have done well more recently that if that team's not there, they'll still go and watch the game, but they won't be invested in the same way that, that a true supporter of that club would be. Do you think that's leading maybe to a little bit of apathy towards the games? No, I, I think the, the current availability, the demand outstrips the availability. There's only three games. You know, they've mm. sold out all of them so far. There's four this year. Nothing, you know, and, and that still seems to be gathering pace. And obviously the NFL are, are testing the water to see if they can hold a full eight games outside of the US, which at the moment it's on course to do. And obviously the NFL's got a long-term plan to keep games in the UK because they've just, with the, the new White Hart Lane Stadium, it's being built with the NFL, you know, with American football in mind because, you know, it's part of the design of the entire stadium. Not looking so, forward to that, by the way. No, 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 no. It's a, hard, it's a, it's a pain in the arse to get. get I mean, when, when a, a killer. bit of a pain to get to. 
Twickenham's a proper pain in the balls to get to, mm. but White Hart Lane is just awful Mate, to get to. Sat that off. And, 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 unless it's part of the the package that they're doing with regards to, I think the transport the, links are being upgraded, aren't they? To look yeah. at the transport, it, it's going to be, yeah, it, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, I mean, the worst thing about any venue of that size is getting away from the ground. It's always a nightmare, but especially sure. so at White Hart Lane. That's why Club Wembley is always a way to go, people. Club yeah. Wembley, mate, worth the money, every penny. No brainer. If, you, if you're going to go to Wembley to watch the NFL. However much extra it is for a Club Wembley ticket, do it every time. No right there. You get paid no for doing it then. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Well, that, that pretty much sums that up. I mean, last week, I, I teased that we may have a few letters from the general public, having heard our, our first our first podcast. And lo and behold, my... The tens of people. Yeah, quite literally tens. And I have no idea how they've done it. Some serious computer wizardry going on. But I've I've had a couple of letters this week. Um, so I'll just dive straight into them. Um, Dear Wonka Pod, I thought you were shit. Dan Hantis. This one. I was going to say that that, that that letter is pure fear from Dan Hantis. All yeah. he's done is he's heard Dougie as a host, shat his pants, <laughs> and had to uh, write a strongly worded letter in to, uh, well, I think to demonstrate. I mean, his, he might as well his, have come up and pissed on our laptop. You know what I mean? Marking his territory. You're not getting in on this. Um, so going, going back to uh, Roger's letter from New York. Um, it's my job to do NFL things. I heard your pod and I thought it was nice. Keep it up. I just wanted to say that I'm not all bad. Don't believe all the press. Tom Brady really isn't that nice. <laughs> from Roger. I guess we've got to talk about that a little bit, haven't we? How have we made it through a podcast and a half without talking about the flake gate and the fact that Tom Brady is going to miss four games. I hate Roger seems nice, though, doesn't he? He seems like a nice bloke. Who, Tom Brady? No, Rog. Oh, OK, cool, yeah. <laughs> I love Rog, but Tom... Well, you're going to say that. You're a Jet. So I, I'm, I'm, we're fighting a losing <laughs> battle here because we, we've got we've got a Dolphins fan and a Jets fan. Um, so Who you're never going to get... tortured by that man for yeah, about the last gonna get a balanced, years, You're never going to get yeah, a balanced yeah, argument. I'm going to run to his defence. I believe he is Satan. That's what I think. But I think he sold his soul and somehow managed to win loads of Super Bowls, have a really fit bird. He's obviously a horrible, horrible man. Cheats, for, for obviously cheats. Abuse. You know, he's yeah. still playing at, you know, touching 40 now. And you're thinking the drop-off that other quarterbacks have experienced, yeah. he just somehow just keeps going. The man's a machine. Uh, he's lucky. I believe that. He's lucky. I'm going to bring a, a, a balanced voice of reason here because... Although I'm a Chiefs fan, I, I enjoy watching the Patriots. And this has been going on for two years now. Two years, we're still talking about it. And we're talking about something that if you leave your football outside overnight, it goes down. You leave your lad's football outside, it goes down, right? Yeah. You're talking about taking away one of the most marketable, most interesting, and to be fair, probably the main reason a lot of people have got into American football you're taking him away for four games of probably one of his last seasons over something that he had no control over. I don't believe for a second that he had anything to do with it. Why don't you? Why don't you believe he had a, anything to do with it? What, what, is he, he's not Jesus. If he did it, which the evidence would suggest there is a possibility that he did, then forget him. Did Jesus, have a, did, did Jesus have a history of deflating footballs? He's a cheat, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <He obviously did. laughs> Um, he is a cheat. 
forget him. I don't understand that. Why do we have to? Who cares about Tom Brady? Tom Brady's a normal person like the rest of us. He has the same. He's subject to the same rules. It's not cool. It's not cool. Well, <laughs> even, even if he didn't actually have play a part in the, you know, the you know the footballs or whatever, and then that the, those, the, the, you know, the, the training guys did that on on his behalf, knowing he how he knew. liked them. It's but, the cover up is worse than the crime. Facts. So, so to loop Facts, it round, you just decide to you know get rid of your mobile phone the day an inquest starts, or you know, and it just the whole thing smacks of you know whether it had nothing to do with the you know maybe he's over the side and he thought shit, I don't need those text messages hitting the press because you know it's got nothing about football on there, but you know well, maybe a picture of his know, wang or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know it, it, it's sending pictures of his fuds to people you know yeah. w- whatever might be on there he can do a mean beef a burger this impression is, this is public realm i my reputation you know my divorce whatever is gonna finish me i will take a fork you know a potential sit a season out because the ramifications and it just seemed to me that the bans for the cover-up not necessarily the crime because they're the like it is he was involved but even if you can't prove that his actions are that of a guilty man in a cover-up, and I, I think that's why he got the, the ban he did, and I don't have a problem with it. The, the thing I take from it is that I'm drafting the shit out of him. There's no way I'm not Fine. drafting him. Because someone will, well, I'm probably looking at two people who, who think that he's going to get overdrafted, right? Or, or wouldn't touch him because he's going to miss four games. Well, I wouldn't it affects touch his him. value. It affects his value. It's not, it's not about whether I would or wouldn't draft him. There'll become a point where you think, right, well, hang on, less four games means his projected points over the course of the season are whatever. And you need to think, well, well, if I lose my first four games because I don't have an adequate quarterback, my season might be sunk before he even gets into his stride. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't draft him, but it obviously affects his value. What, what, what's what top dollar for him? Is because he's not that good anymore. And I know he did... It, 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 for the last two years, I think I... Well, two years ago, I picked him up. I needed a quarterback. And I got six weeks of absolute dog shit Tom Brady. Now, fine, near the end of the season... <laughs> He picked it up again and did the same last year. But he's a slow starter. I think four games hurts him. The last three years, he started very slowly every year. And I, I, I do think father time catches up with him. And Bill Belichick is not forever going to be smarter than every other football coach every single year. I think Tom Brady's coming to the end. Well, I don't understand what possible evidence you've got to base that on, but other than being a Jets fan. He's a prick. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what what's top dollar in the auction then? You know, we're we talking about what? Who's number one overall, or, or whether we're going to draft running backs or receivers, or what? No, what? no, we're, we're talking. We're basically talking about in the auction. What is the the most money you would part with for Tom Brady? My your left testicle. If you give me your left testicle, I'll, I'll draft Tom Brady. What are you going to do with it? Deflate it. Even <laughs> if I gave you it, what would you do with it? <laughs> um, no, because. If he's sitting there and, oh, and, and you put up ten bucks, yeah, he's worth that. Yeah, definitely. But but it, it, it depends where he comes. It'd be very interesting to see if someone chucks him out into the into the mix in the first sort of ten or fifteen picks, while money is still probably you know people are overpaying rather than underpaying. If if he comes out you know the fortieth or fiftieth player out of the gate, then maybe you'll get some, some sensible value for him. But someone might end up overpaying for him if he comes out early because there is every chance that with, you know, that he's still going to get, what, 
what is it going to be? Ten games nearly for you. Ten games is it? He'll end up having yeah. by week in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're thinking well that that could be worth ten, twelve dollars because that ten or twelve games could be my, 25, 30 points. My feeling is he'll go for a couple of bucks right at the end. No. So anyone out there listening, you know, throw him up sure. early. Throw him up early. Yeah, I think if you, if you throw him up early, I, I think he'll end up being overpaid for. If he goes late, he'll get you'll get good value for him. See, if you if well, you're talking a snake draft, if he's there in round five, you're taking him. Hell no. Seven. I wouldn't touch him. He's right next to Philip Rivers for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, somewhere between five and seven seems about right. If, if he's there, depending on what you've got on your roster, and Mental. you're thinking, you know what, I've loaded up. I've got Gronk. I've got you know. A decent, but think about the quarterbacks back. between five and seven. Where's where's the likes of? I mean, where's Breeze going? Breeze going to go? What, well, there's more evidence to suggest that Breeze is going to have a step back than Brady. No, mate, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, and you got to think. I, I don't. I don't think they've got enough um, exciting, explosive outside of outside of Gronk. I, I don't think he's. I just don't. I, Having watched him get me 12, 13 points, throw one touchdown, two picks for like four weeks, and well, seeing his arm strength is definitely going. Don't get me wrong, he's, he, he's, very, he's still got the eye, but there's, there's two extra reasons Peyton, why he's still going to be good. Brady. Two extra reasons Marty Bennett and Dion Lewis. He hasn't gonna go, he's not going to have to throw the ball over 20 yards. If, De- if Dion Lewis comes back and looks like he did when he was fit last season, that is. Tom Brady, you know, he, he could be, he could outdo Gronk as Brady's go-to guy because mm. he is such a mismatch coming out of the backfield. He's just going to tear these but, apart, and he, he, you know, he'll Brady will throw the ball to him three yards away, and Dion Lewis will run for sixty, yeah, and, and that, that the, could happen time and time again. So if, if Lewis looks in preseason like the player he should be, I think that bumps Brady's value up in my eyes. There's mismatches all over that Patriots offense. All over it, yeah, and and that's uh, that's that's where he gets his strength from. I'll take a flyer and RG three before I take Brady. Then you won't win the league. We'll see, mate. We'll see. Pick RG three, and I'll pick Josh, Brady. Josh Gordon comes back if he's reinstated. I'd take RG three. I'd have a flyer. Yeah. Well, boys, um, we've done thirty minutes there, pretty effortlessly, haven't we? That's pretty incredible. Yeah, Seems um, like it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to any other business. Um, we do this. We're going to do this every week, where we'll we'll go around all three of us, and we'll just drop in something that we, you know, is completely. It doesn't have to be related to NFL or fantasy, and we can just have a bit of a chat about something that's caught our eye in the week. Craig, well, following last week uh, with your partial spoiler, Game of Thrones was pretty epic. <laughs> it certainly was. Spoiler. And they all did die. Cheers, Doug. Nice one, mate. I got to like halfway through and I, I, I had to message Doug and say, you can't. They actually are all dying. <laughs> cheers cheers um, for dropping that C bomb in. I'm going to have to bleep oh, that. Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> one, one, one a session. I, I'm allowed one a week. Surely I'm allowed one a week. And, um,. But I, I tell you, the, my biggest issue, my biggest thing is, George R. R. Martin, get off your fat ass and finish them books. Ten episodes, and look how much happened. I mean, we're talking about it's getting time for dragons and white walkers to start getting it on, and I need you to finish these books, mate, please. But don't you think he's just sitting back going, will you lot finish the TV show? Yeah. 
And you if the ideas me. don't work, I'll throw them out. And if they do work, <laughs> I'll put them in and I'll claim them as my own. Yeah. And I just basically get to have a dry run of my books. He's going to have a... And I'm... He's going to have trouble, though, because HBO announced there's only going to be another 13 episodes left. Exactly. That's it. 13 episodes all done. Now, yeah. I imagine... Which, when, when, you, when you look at how much they've got left to tie up, 13 it's episodes so quite a lot. Well, a I, lot? It's I, rushed. I think you might find that they'll all be feature-length episodes, and it'll be split into two seasons. Well, my, my plan, and I, I, I want to throw this to HBO, and you know, if they want to pay me for this idea, then then they should feel free. But there should be a ten <laughs> episode, ten episode season seven, and then three cinematic releases to finish it off. Do like a Lord of the Rings Hobbit oh, type yeah. thing. Film them all at the same time. Release them over the course of the same year. So the first one comes out in April when the first episode would come out. Give it what, five weeks, the next one, then five weeks, the next one comes out, and, and get to see Game of Thrones in the cinema, where, let's face it, that product would, wouldn't be out of place on the big screen. There, there's two reasons. I like it. I like the idea. There's two reasons it won't happen. One, HBO's a cable service, and <laughs> if you're paying for HBO on cable, you're going to have the ump if they release the last three episodes of something you've been watching for seven years in the cinema. The, the, nah, the other reason, think, I think this is, this is more pertinent, is that there's a pacing issue with cinema and TV because you have natural breaks in TV where you can insert adverts. You don't have that in cinema. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm only talking about the last six hours, so they can go, right, well, I'll, I'll actually sit for a couple of extra episodes in season eight in order to get... Because I think that the last few episodes are going to be really condensed when it gets down to the nuts and bolts... You know, winter's coming. Do you need, you know, you're probably going to end up needing more than one episode just to do the battles between the White Walkers and the people of, you know, Westeros. And, and you're thinking, well, surely that would fit better on a, a cinema. We, we've had a long episode, you know, it was, what, 70-odd minutes, episode 10 of the last season. So it can work. And I thought that the pacing of that episode, you're not talk, talking far off that to, as a, you know, a whole... If you added the Battle of the Bastards and that together and put on the cinema screen, I don't think many people would, would complain. And I think you'd still have a bit of a you know, box office hit just with those two episodes chucked together and put them on, the, put them on your local multiplex. Possibly. I, I don't think it'll be too long before you can go and watch a season of Game of Thrones at a cinema in a marathon. Oh, no, not long at all. Not long at all. Uh, good one, Craig. That was quite good. Quite like talking about telly. Um, Martin? Great. Yeah, mine's a um, mine's a bit of a shout out this week, and it is to the officials of British American football. You bunch of ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, two two in LOB. Uh, and one like mine <laughs> because I've been playing American football now for twenty five years, give or take, long old time. I've probably only had maybe a dozen flags in that period. I have now been ejected twice this season. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't you get one the other day? <laughs> I played five games me this year and been ejected twice. <laughs> what for? 70 quid's worth of fucking fines and two-game ban. <laughs> what for? Mate, and for stuff that literally would not make the top 40 naughtiest things I've ever done on a football field. <laughs> neither one. Neither one would. Absolutely. It, it, it's... I say I feel like James Harrison, where the game's just gone soft, 
And it's all about our player protection. This is <laughs> <the other laughs> whatever. Come on. So come know, on. If you what? end up a paraplegic, you end up a paraplegic. You, know, you put your pads what, on. It's what, you take the chances for. Spill the beans. What happened? Oh, it, it, it pains me just how soft the game's got. Did you just compare yourself to James Harrison? <laughs> I said I can feel his pain about the game going soft. What did you do? Are you not, you're, so you're not playing quarterback anymore? No, I'm playing linebacker at the moment. Yeah, I have played quarterback a lot of my career, which is perhaps why I haven't been ejected as many times as you know maybe uh, could have happened. But this year I played outside linebacker, and the first ejection was for... Um, a receiver's gone out in the slot, jumped up in the air to catch the ball. It's come off his fingertips. And just as the ball's come off his fingertips, I've planted him square in the chest with my head, put him in the floor. Fair play. Let the boys play. Carry on. And then, yeah, <laughs> a year ago, that would have been nothing but high fives all round. Yeah, yeah. It was a good hit, good tackle. My arm, I wrapped him up, so it was clearly a tackle, not a hit. But the referees said, oh, no, no, I crowned him. And because it looked like contact was initiated with the top of my helmet, not my forehead, literally that's the, the difference. I got ejected in the, in the first game of the season that I got to play there. It was in the fourth quarter. And then um, this last Sunday, I got my, my second ejection on a punt return. Guys running um, back towards our sideline, the, the opposing team sideline. So, the, you know, the Cambridge sideline and there. Um, where the returner was, so clearly on an angle of pursuit to get to the, the guy returning the ball, he doesn't see me coming. I light him up, and apparently, that you know, because he's not close enough to the guy that he was hoping to tackle, straight red, off you go. No, no warning, no, no previous flags, anything. Just literally a shoulder in the chest, not even contact to the head or neck, nothing. Shoulder in the chest, boom, straight red, off you go. The whole world just laughs about it now. The whole world is going <laughs> soft. British American football. The people that play it, by and large, are the edges of sporting society, right? You've yes. got one or two proper Trust. athletes, and then you've got the other lads who are never played a never game played in their life, other sport. Never, never even seen the inside of a gym. Yeah, eighty you know, percent of an American football squad have not seen the inside yeah. of a gym. And then, yeah. and then the referees are the people <laughs> that those guys don't like. Yeah. yeah, I see where you're going. It's true. They're, they're, oh, that is shit. If you have to be a British American football referee, isn't it? If you've had yeah, to, right. there's like, no, there's sucks. no lower place in British sport, mate. That is where you are. That's your. Oh, that is poor. <laughs> where are you going, love? <laughs> I'm going to referee Dundee against Clydebank <laughs> in front of three people. Unbelievable. Yeah. Two two men and his, you know, a dog. It's just, but it's. Trying but to have a game they're, they're taken. The, the, the whole kind of, they see themselves, you know, they, I think they watch the NFL and go, oh, it's all about players. You know, they, they watch those flags getting thrown in, in games where men weighing 250 pounds are running at 25 miles an hour into each other head first and thinking, oh, we, we better stop that. Well, you know, we ain't ever going to get up enough speed or, or, or velocity to really, really hurt each other. In, you know, in, in the game we play, it's like it's endemic. In, it's endemic in sport. One of the last games of football I ever played, I used to tape up my ankle, tape up my ankles and shin pads so they didn't rock about. Because a couple of times when I never used to tape my shin pads up, I'd go in for a tackle and the shin pad would ride up and I'd cut underneath my knee. So I used to tape them in place. Anyway, I go out to go out onto the field for the one of the last games I ever played, and uh, <laughs> the referee said, "You can't come on here without any legs, lad." I went, what? He goes, well, your tape, it's not the same colour as your socks. 
Yeah, not allowed it. It's oh, crazy. What? what are we talking about? Wait, this is Pages <laughs> Park in Leighton Buzzard, not the new camp. Like, you've not got anything better to do. He's like, well, I don't care what you say, mate. You're not coming on the field with that tape on. Absolute muppet. So I went and got, I went and got another pair of socks and put it over the top. Just... Honestly, the least amount of power I've ever seen go to someone's head. But we'll um, also have to do the story at some point, Doug, about the, uh, was it Hemel Rovers? Was it Hemel Rovers we played against when we were playing for Tring? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll save that for another day, but that, that, that's, that's yeah. another uh, entertaining football story. Yeah. Uh, the sport that must not be mentioned. Yeah. Um, so last, yeah, my, my last thing I want to mention is, uh, I don't know if I've already, Craig, I think you follow a bit of NBA, don't you? Yeah, man, big fan. Uh, Kevin Durant. Yeah, good move. Sign with the Golden State Warriors, which is kind of equivalent to, if you don't know, Barcelona signing Ronaldo, essentially, yeah? I think it's more like Real Madrid signing Bale. That's all it is. <coughs> Bale plays for Real That's Madrid. That's all it is. Exactly. So when yeah, but he didn't, Real no, Madrid... No, no, because th- this is worse, because... The Thunder are direct contenders with Golden State. So the Thunder, and... have, so Golden State have taken their main rivals' best player. You got to remember, the Thunder and the Warriors played each other in the semi-finals of the basketball. And the Thunder lost. Yeah, let's just say this: Kevin Durant is amazing. He's he's very, very unbelievable. <laughs> and Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Bogut, that team is stacked to the Draymond brim. Green. Yeah, they're stacked to the brim. They lost. They went seventy three and nine this year. Yep. Seventy three and nine. But it can't be LeBron. <laughs> and and it's not like the Cavs aren't stacked. Listen, if the Fundock they, they made some moves, it didn't match his ambition. He wants to go win a chip, go win a chip. And ultimately it it, it may not pay off. You know, he, he made his move. I got no I think people are hating on that that, that decision. I think it's amazing. I mean this, if they all stay healthy, they shouldn't lose a game next year. Like, they, like how are they? Gonna, how is anyone going to beat them? Because the one thing that teams beat them with last year was crashing the boards, and and outmuscling them basically. And now they've got Draymond and and Durant rebounding, kicking it out to Steph and and Clay Thompson shooting sixty percent three pointers or or whatever it is, just going to be ridiculous. If you haven't got access to watching basketball like B B T sport or, or or any format where you can watch it you need to watch the Golden State Warriors play basketball, it's unbelievable I've never seen anything like it and how the Cavs beat them I don't know even my dad who watched one of the playoff games with me said they don't play like like they don't play like the other team it's like watching two different sports It was in, it's incredible so yeah, that, that's all I want to say really it, it's the best player other than LeBron James I think he's that's pretty accurate, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Jo- joining... He's one of, say, three. Yeah. You say three. So the Golden State Warriors have essentially now got four of the top six players on the same team. Arguably, certainly the top ten. Because, I mean, there are other players and other teams, but it is a big move. It's a big move. It puts them well ahead. Um, if KD can shoot as he has done. I mean, the only thing I would say is you have to remember... If you've got all those superstars, you've got to keep everyone have, happy and everyone's got to get their shots. There's only a certain amount of shots in a game. And to make sure Clay gets his, Steph gets his, Draymond gets his plays and KD gets his shots is going to be a challenge for the coach. Um, but you need that extra push. LeBron is a monster. And and, and with him, Kyrie played, Kyrie played so well um, for the Cavs. 
it, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad move. I think I think it's fair, fair play. I just think Everyone it's going to be unbelievable to watch Durant going one on one into the basket, in, into the paint, kicking the ball out for threes. Or I mean, they're just going to be unstoppable. It's or taking threes himself. How are you going to? You can't. How are you going to mark Steph, Clay, Kevin all all, all, all around the perimeter? Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. Hey, it's, Martin, Martin, um, I don't think well, you watch a lot. the last time I watched basketball was, I think, in White Men Can't Jump in 1995. Oh, look, if you get a chance, if you do get a chance, um, check, check out the, the, the Warriors because they're yeah. a different gravy, mate. Steph Curry basically can take the ball out, inbound the ball, walk up, cross over the halfway line. And just, just pull up and up. drop a three. But is basketball still the case where I can just tune in for the last two and a half minutes and just save myself, you know, an hour? Essentially, and a half? yeah. Is that, is yeah, that yeah, yeah. What you could, yeah, that's what I think about basketball. Much. Just, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so if there was a game pass condensed version of yeah. basketball, the NBA, the last two it minutes. would be 90 seconds at the end and then there yeah, you go. Yeah. You've, you've seen everything you need to see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you say that, but the, those semi final games, you know, the Thunder and the. And the Epic. They were unbelievable. Unbelievable games. Anyway, we should wrap it up. That's been nearly 50 minutes and people have probably switched off by now. Um, well, yeah. we did have a bit of a, a, a long chat around how Game of Thrones may decide to <laughs> deliver the rest of their series. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was, that was a good 15 minutes. But yeah, if, if HBO want to pay me for that idea, I'm, 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 I'm open Listen, to it. We're, we're, we're nothing if not current. Fact. This this is a fantasy football and pop culture podcast, and if you don't like it, tough. Do one. Yeah. Anyway, we'll wrap it up there. Next week, I think Mark's going to join us, so, you know, even less time. Talking about people needing theirs, you know, we're going to have to ration the time out. Hopefully his tampon will be up by then. Yeah, or his tonsils, either. <laughs> you know. All right, boys, let's wrap it up. See you next week. Cheers, lads. Take oh, it easy. easy fellas. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Bye.